Coming up on NBL Now, one of the biggest names in the competition to miss the next fortnight. We tell you who and how is his team going to cope without him. Another name for the Brisbane Bullets out for the remainder of the season. The Illawarra Hawks have got a decision to make, but is it too soon to make that decision? And we talk next stars and Melbourne versus Perth on NBL Now. It is the 20th of December. Great to have you with us, as always, for NBL Now. I'm Jack Heverin alongside Derek Rucker. D-Ruck, good to see you. And not great news for the South East Melbourne Phoenix. Olgan Ulick reporting last night on NBL Overtime that he's set to miss the next 10 to 14 days. And I speak of Mitch Creek. Yeah, terrible news for the Phoenix. Man, they're so just up and down with their play, with their luck, with everything and now right when we thought jack a few weeks ago when they knocked off sydney and sydney we said okay they're about to turn the corner then they get an injury and now creek's injury and i just don't know where they go from here i have him down in the top five in mvp running um look they just got a lift and in particular it's got to be gary brown gary brown's got to be the one now that drives this thing we can't really expect much from Abdul Nader. He's only getting here. He's just figuring it out. He hasn't played a lot of basketball as it is. So now it's up to Brown. Uh, Sauce Williams has been pretty consistent. But, man, this is a this is a big one. You kind of feel for Tommy Greer. Um, they don't have an easy task going up to Cairns. And realistically, they've just got to win one game out of the three, I think, that they play in Creek's absence. And then that will give them a chance. Hopefully, he can come back after the 10 to 14 days and be back at top four. It was interesting hearing Liam Santamaria on overtime when the guys were talking about it last night, saying that in his mind, this has been the biggest problem with the Phoenix all season long, Derek, is that they're, they're top four are very good. You could argue as good as any top four in the competition, but... Their depth has been a problem. Do you agree with that? No doubt. And it's not its not that they don't have talent. It's just that, A, it's part, of, part of the problem is the availability. They just don't have access to the bench all the time. Gak has been out. Kenyon's been out. They've had all types of crazy occurrences. The only guy that's really been consistent coming off that bench is pretty much Ben Ayer. And... Probably now Ben is going to have to step up also. And if you look at it strategically, I'd probably I'd probably play Air and Brown together a lot and just do something different and let those guys go out there and try and score points. Um, but again, Jack, they've been back in the competition now for five, six years, and it's always something. And there's they seem somewhat snake bit. Maybe there's somebody out there in the market that that can come in for 10 to 14 days and help them out over this Christmas New Year period. I don't know. Maybe they go out and get Daniel Johnson again. I thought he was decent in his time away, but things are not looking good. And the problem is you've got some teams coming up below them who look a lot better and are a lot healthier. So this this is the other thing I wanted to ask you about that. So... I know there's a lot of talk at the moment about Illawarra and New Zealand building a bit of momentum coming from the bottom part of the ladder. You've got Cairns who are a bit hit and miss, but their their best is quite good. Do you have some concerns for the Phoenix right now, Ruck, in terms of what it all looks like in the next three to four weeks and, and how that sort of relates to their playoff position? Well, as I said before, they were sitting pretty after they beat Sydney. They're probably looking down the schedule and thinking, okay, 
we can get this one, we can get this one, and by, say, New Year's Day, we'll be sitting in second or third position. But I think now they go up to Cairns for this game Friday night and a team that, like you said, Cairns are very inconsistent. But at their best, they can beat anybody in the league. Jack, I can't see Southeast Melbourne going up there and winning. And I've been so wrong with my predictions about them. I picked them to be a wounded Melbourne United. I picked them to win that game, and they lost it. I picked them to get thump against Sydney, and they beat them. So maybe I should tread carefully with this prediction that Cans are going to smoke them Friday night up in far north Queensland. Let's talk about the Brisbane Bullets. The other big story that Olgan reported last night on Overtime was that around DJ Mitchell, who is going to be out for the remainder of the season with a hip injury. There hadn't been much talk about this. I assume it's come together pretty quickly, and it's why Olgan's the best in the business. The thought last night was that Brisbane will explore the import market. They'll look to take one of Nathan Sobey or Aaron Baines off the marquee list and then go shopping for an import. What type of players should they be looking at? I think I'd go out there and give myself a point guard. I think with Bannon's play at the moment, he's doing a really good job. He's almost a walking double-double now, Jack. Even in a, even in his first game back from injury the other day, he was really good getting 15 points and 10 rebounds. Shannon Scott's form is down. Nathan mm-hmm. Sobey, although he's brilliant in patches, he's not playing consistently within a game at the level that he was earlier in the season. Nordahl had a good game on Sunday, but I liked him. I like him better in more reserved select minutes. I'd go out there and try and find me a stud point guard. I think Shannon Scott's a good enough player where he can play alongside a really good point guard, and you can bump Sobey to the three. I think it'll give you a lot more versatility. I think up front, they're pretty sorted. And Jack, you know the other thing? Let's really unleash Rocco. Let's, yeah. let's get Rocco out there and let him play some basketball. He's too impactful in the games when he's in there. And, yep, he's going to make some mistakes. Those mistakes are not changing the outcome of the game in a negative way. But the plays that he does make that are positive significantly alter Brisbane's fortunes in that game. That block party he had the other day, which <laughs> if you haven't looked at it now, where have you been? It was outstanding. And what? Man, you got to be in that house when he blocks his shot. It's it's stimulating just to see him check into the game for what it does to the crowd. When he blocks a shot or gets a, gets a dunk, that place freaking erupts. It goes off. So, I don't I don't mind them up front at the moment, but let's go for a guard that can defend and can do a few things with the basketball. What about the Illawarra Hawks, Ruck? There's been a revival under Justin Tatum. It's It's been fantastic to watch. Um, Tyler Harvey is, I know, someone that you watch really closely. Looks like he's enjoying himself. Gar- Justin Robinson's figuring it all out. They're, to be honest, they're all figuring it all out, and they're having fun doing it. It's inevitable that the conversation is going to turn to Justin Tatum, if it hasn't already, in terms of, is this guy the man to take us forward? What I want to know from you is would you would you make that decision now? Have you seen enough or, or would you wait until the end of the season? Well, I listened to the NBL Now podcast yesterday with our buddy Damon Lowry and Damon feels that maybe we shouldn't be getting too hyped about Justin Tatum. But, you know, you have to look at the relative position in the club in the marketplace 
and how difficult it could be to get a coach there who is going to be a good talent. And Jack, I talk about a fit all the time. If you've got a guy there already who's shown promise, and most importantly, it is evident, it is highly evident that those guys like playing for him. Go ahead and get some things done. And it also empowers the coach. It allows him to gain more confidence and and start to do some things that he believes can can uh, strengthen that franchise. It gives him the ability to take a bit of risk is what I'm trying to say, Jack. And let's talk about Tyler Harvey. He looked horrible under Jacob <laughs> Jacobus. Terrible. And, you know, I'm not here to disparage Jacob. That's not the point. The point is it wasn't working for whatever reason. Obviously, Jacob has coaching talent. He's been working under one of the greatest coaches in Australian sport for decades, okay? But somehow somehow the mix wasn't working. And the way Tyler plays basketball is he needs full confidence. He needs the ability to go out there and make mistakes. He needs a coach that's willing to live with his bad decisions, mm. but yet keep him in check. So there's a fine line because he's such an outstanding offensive talent that he should be giving a he should be given a bit of rope to take risk. But it's finding that perfect sweet spot that he played with under Brian Gorgian. And I thought I saw it for the first time against Southeast Melbourne the other day. He had 25 points. He knocked down some high quality shots and looks. And then all of a sudden it opens up the risk element of his game. And when that side of his game is exposed and clicking, Illawarra are a totally different team. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for Justin Tatum, but the revival has been fantastic to watch. Melbourne United and Perth is going to be fantastic to watch on Saturday night, Ruck. The roof will be open. It'll be a big crowd at John Kane Arena. It'll be probably the last game in, in Melbourne from a John Kane Arena perspective for a good five or six weeks because of the tennis. There are some... Awesome games across the weekend, as you mentioned, but this one is set up to be an absolute barn burner on Saturday night. Well, in my latest Next Star uh, rankings, I've got Alex Saar number one and Ariel Haporti number two. So I can't wait to see those two guys go at it. And Haporti is turning this league in his, into his own personal dunk show. <laughs> Every time I flip on the TV, he's dunking. He's catching a lob from Delhi. Uh, CG43 is throwing it up to him. And full credit to those two guys. They're some of the best lob throwers in the competition, if not in the world. They throw it both ways. And, you know, they set those guys up fantastically. Now to the game. I'm curious to see what Melbourne United do with Perth after we saw what happened the last time when they lost in overtime to them. And it kind of ignited this Perth run. That was the beginning of the run, I felt. It gave yeah. Perth confidence in beating a good team on their own floor. What do United do about Bryce Cotton, who, in my opinion, despite his, his not up to standard three-point shooting percentage, is the MVP leader right now? Forget about Chris Golding. He's still in. He's number two, but I think there's a gap between the two. Bryce has significantly changed the season. For Perth, Melbourne United got to shut him down. And if there's anybody that knows how to do it, it's Dean Vickerman. It's going to be a tremendous spectacle. Um, I can't wait for it. I've got Melbourne United winning by six. 
I saw Perth on Friday night. Uh, fantastic game against Tasmania. Really, really high-standard game. And then Melbourne had the two games last weekend, Ruck, where they demolished South East Melbourne on Thursday. And against Adelaide on Saturday night, it felt like they the game was in the book at halftime, basically. They had 55 on the board. What interests me out of that, though, is that in both games, they had seven players score double figures in both of those games. So... It's not just about Chris Golding, or it hasn't been in the last couple of weeks. The load is being evenly shared. Look, that second game after the emotional game against the Phoenix, like that was always going to be a really tough one for Melbourne United. That's just the way the league works. There was a significant emotional drop-off. You could see it. Ivan thought Dean Vickerman was not being disrespectful to Adelaide, but he was trying to figure some things out on the fly in terms of lineups tinkering with things and see how they may work for future consideration, if that makes sense to you, Jack. So I think they were happy to get the win. Um, and they did it. Full credit to Adelaide for coming out there and playing a really tough game. But Melbourne United now look like they're ready to roll. But more than any other team in the league, Delhi and Ian Clark must stay healthy. Um, I just think especially Ian Clark. He cannot afford to have some type of leg injury where it reduces his participation. Delhi, not so much from the performance point of view, but the fact that he gives them such great leadership and he gives them that vigor that they need to play with. So I'd be having my, my eyes on those two guys and their health over the balance of the season. If they stay healthy, Melbourne United will win the championship series in four games. Jesus, I got lots of predictions today. What's going on? <laughs> You're woken up fresh this morning. This um this round, just as a whole, as we finish up, feels like a very big one. We're we're in the twelve days of twelve games of Christmas. There's obviously games going all through the new year as well, Ruck. But I, I feel like if you look down the page of the games this weekend, it's it's going to tell us a lot about some of the teams. I think this this holiday period has always been important. It's human nature. It's the human condition to relax right now. And as a player, you're trying to stay high strung. You're trying to stay wound up and fit and adhere to all your in-season protocols. Meanwhile, the world is falling apart and partying around you. It is one of the <laughs> toughest things I've ever had to do in basketball. Everyone's going to Christmas parties. People are out shopping for gifts, going out and eating great meals, all that type of stuff. Meanwhile, the players in the NBL have to find a way to keep it together. But Jack. Not every player is going to keep it together. Not every team is going to be disciplined enough. And right here, starting Friday night, is when you can catch teams sleeping. And it's those teams that take their take their foot off the accelerator. You, it'll be very, it'll be very clear which ones they are. They'll come out of this holiday period really suffering, and and they will take a hit. Let's go. Can't wait. This round is going to be fantastic. And it all starts on Friday night, New Zealand versus Sydney in New Zealand. Big test for the Kings. And then Cairns on Friday night will play host, which is where we'll see D-Ruck courtside. Always nice to see you, Ruck. Thanks for joining us this morning. And Jack, I, I reintroduced myself to cricket over the weekend because of your participation <laughs> out there in Perth. You know, it was it was decent. It was it wasn't bad. I learned, you know, I learned a lot updated on new cricketers, but uh I was more than happy to switch it back over to the NBL. Uh, and I'll be back on Friday night. Can't wait for that one as well. Thanks for being with us on NBL now. Have a great day.